What's up, everybody? My name's Tom Langan, and this is Something Good, the bite-sized podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. Welcome to episode 34. Today, I want to talk about being an anti-racist. I took last week off from the podcast. Uh, Those of you who are regular listeners uh, would have noticed that I didn't put out any new episodes last week. Um, It's not because I've convinced myself that uh, I have enough of a platform that I could have possibly drowned out anything else that was going on in the world or in the country last week. Um, I'm not that delusional, but I didn't really know what to contribute. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how best to try to shape a podcast that is um, predicated on positivity around um, such serious events um, that have been going on in this country and around the world now since the murder of George Floyd uh, at the hands of uh, those four Minneapolis police officers. And as I thought about it, I realized that, you know, there are definitely, there are definitely, there are definitely ways to be positive about what's going on. And actually I'm hopeful um, as a result of what I'm seeing, you know, we are, there have been protests going on for the last two weeks and we are already starting to see shifts. Um, shifts in the way people are thinking about systemic racism, shifts in the way people are thinking about the role of police, specifically in black and brown communities. Um, And uh, I think those are good things because I think um, they open up those shifts in perspectives, those shifts in understanding, open up opportunities for change uh, and change for the better. Um, And uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, and, and because I'm hopeful, I want to start, um, playing a more active role. Um, maybe I should phrase that differently. Uh, I want to play an active role, uh, and I am hopeful. Maybe the hope, um, that I've garnered from what I'm seeing in, uh, in current events unfolding around us right now. Um, I am hopeful that by playing an active role, I can actively participate in dismantling systemic racism in this country. And that is definitely something good. So here we go. Um, So the first thing I wanted to talk about or what I want to talk about uh, in this episode, uh, like I said a a couple of minutes ago, was um, anti-racists or becoming an anti-racist. So I wanted to pick apart what that means first and and then talk a little bit about you know, how we can, how we can go about that. So first off, I don't consider myself racist. Um, I am obviously a white guy in my forties. Um, I grew up in a middle-class, uh, neighborhood, a middle-class suburb of New York. I have had pretty much every advantage you could want in life. Um, you know, my parents, uh, I came from a uh, you know, from a, from a good household, my parents are still together more than 50 years, um, since they got married. Um, 
you know, it was a stable upbringing. I had a good education. Um, I had, I have good parents um, who are caring and supportive. And um, so, yeah, so I've had pretty much every advantage um, uh, beyond the fact that I am advantaged by the color of my skin and the fact that I have grown up in a society that tends to treat people who look like me better than people who don't look like me. So, um, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about winning the sort of racial lottery, uh, being born in America as a white guy um, is pretty much as easy as it gets. So uh, in terms of having things stacked against you, there's pretty much nothing really stacked against you if you're a white guy uh, growing up in the U.S., um, racially speaking. Societally and economically, there can be. Um, I'll get into that in a second. Uh, some discussions that I've seen online about that, but um, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely have had a privileged life. I've always known that that I've had a privileged life um, in the grand scheme of things, but uh, I hadn't really examined what it meant to have white privilege until um, you know very recently, at least not for the last couple of years. Um, and I've put more thought into it in the last, you know, few weeks than I have, um, you know, for a long time, but I absolutely 100% understand that white privilege is a real thing and that I have benefited from it. Um, it doesn't mean, and I don't feel guilty about that, um, because I didn't create the system that I am a part of. Um, and, and I wasn't aware, uh, really that I was, you know, that I was privileged, um, above other people for most of my life. I would say I didn't really realize that that was a problem. And I think that's a failing societally a cultural or societal failing more so than a personal failing so i don't i'm not personally guilty um i don't feel guilty but i do feel like i want to change that system because i do see how it's inherently unfair um and and i don't i don't like that that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me um and so so i so we have this term or so I've seen this term floating around a lot on social media, online, in articles, um, even in books uh, or in titles of books, actually. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but this this term of being anti-racist. So what does that mean? So I'm not like I said, I don't consider myself racist. Um, I am definitely not overtly racist. And as far as I am aware, I am not um covertly racist either but um i have never been actively anti-racist and anti-racist um from the reading i've done on it it seems my understanding of it is that it's more tied to action rather than belief right so i don't believe that anybody is better than anybody else based on the color of their skin or where they grew up or what language they speak, or what country they come from, or anything like that, or what religion they are a part of, um, or what religion they subscribe to. I don't believe that any of those things um, 
you know, make anyone better or less than anyone else. Um, but I haven't always, I have sometimes in my life, but I haven't always spoken out against racism. And I think that I should. And I, in retrospect, I do feel bad about that. And, and there are times in my life when I have felt bad about not saying something, not standing up for what I knew to be right. Um, and that is to confront racism. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I haven't always done that. Um, and I have to own that. And, uh, I want to move forward, um, by, um, not just owning that, but also, uh, by being more actively anti-racist. Um, and what that means is that I am going to going forward, stand up for what's right and, and, um, confront racism when I see it right. And confront, um, racist behaviors when I encounter them. I said something to somebody online, um, last week, I think in a discussion, and, um, we were talking about systemic racism or whether or not racism um, you know, I was trying to provide examples of, of how racism is alive and well in this country, um, because of my job, um, most of my career I've worked in television and, um, I've traveled quite a lot, uh, because of that job. And I've been to, I think 48 out of 50 States now is the, uh, is the current count. I think I have um, I have Arkansas and I know I have Hawaii, but I think Arkansas is the other state that I haven't been to. Um, but I've been to the rest of them and I've spent time, uh, in the majority of them, um, you know, more than a few hours, like a, a day or two at least, um, in almost all of the states that I've been to. And so the, the reason I bring that up is because of the way I look, because I am a white guy with a shaved head um, and tattoos. People tend to, racist people, tend to feel pretty comfortable being racist in front of me. Um, and I haven't always confronted it. Now, by confronting it, I don't mean aggressively necessarily confronting the person that is saying something racist. but. Um, I don't mean fighting everyone that says something racist, but there are lots of ways to confront racism um, and simply not saying anything uh, doesn't help anyone, doesn't contribute anything and doesn't make this country better than it was yesterday. And so I want to try to um, uh, confront racism wherever and whenever I encounter it. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what it means to me to be an anti-racist. Now, I, I think the question for a lot of people, including myself, um, because I absolutely don't have all the answers, um, is how to do it, how to actually confront it. And I think, I think there is, um, on the very surface, I, to me, there's a story that comes to mind. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for not aggressively confronting it, i.e. not turning around and saying, if you hear something racist, 
yelling at that person or telling them they're or calling them a racist or saying, you know, you just said something racist or that's a super racist thing to say or whatever. Right. So I don't think that's always the right approach. That doesn't mean that you can't call out racism, but I think that having a more nuanced approach to it can be um, can be wildly more successful than having an aggressive approach to it. And and the example I would hold up for that is a, a blues musician by the name of Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis is a black man. He's a blues musician. Um, and he's a very, very smart guy. And he has single-handedly convinced over 200 men to leave the KKK. And he's done it by befriending them. Which sounds crazy, sounds insane to suggest that a black man becoming friends with a member of the KKK would convince them to leave the KKK. But his experience has taught him that as the friendship developed, the the men um, in the KKK that he has that have given up their robes, as he put it. they realized as that friendship developed, they realized the error of their ways. They realized the error of their prejudice. They realized that their preconceived notions of what a black man is, how a black man behaves, etc., were all shattered by Daryl. And I think that's due in large part to the fact that he's a very smart, a very even keeled, a very um uh seemingly kind person um and that didn't fit the narrative that a lot of these gentlemen had been brought up to believe so um if you want to know more about daryl davis i would suggest a google him npr has done interviews with him tons of people have done interviews with him he was on joe rogan's podcast um the joe rogan experience if you listen to that at all go look up that episode with daryl davis it's really interesting it's three hours long um, they get into a lot of detail about these friendships um, and and how they develop, but I'll I'll kind of give you the the Cliff's Notes version of the first one. Um, Daryl Davis was in a town. I don't remember what town. He was in a town playing a gig, and uh, he had a man come up to him after the after he finished playing and uh, say, you know, the the man came up basically to say, "Hey, man, great set. Really enjoyed it. You're you're an incredibly talented musician." And uh, Daryl said, awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Do you want to grab a drink? And the guy said, sure. So they sit down to have a drink. And uh, as they sit down to have the drink, uh, the guy turns to Daryl and says, wow, this is a new experience for me. I've never had a drink with a black man before. And Daryl's first reaction was to kind of chuckle um, because he thought the guy was kidding. And he said, no, seriously, I'm a member of the KKK. I have never sat down and had a drink at a table with a black man before. And um, anyway, they had a drink. They hit it off. They had a great conversation. And uh, Daryl, they exchanged phone numbers. And Daryl said, when I'm back in town uh, in, in a couple of weeks on the state, like, let's get together and have another drink. Man, it was a good, it was a good time talking to you. And they did. And they, they became friends. Um, they became, their families became friends and, uh, 
this gentleman eventually gave up his robes and actually gave them to Daryl. He gave them to Daryl and he said, I don't need these anymore. I'm leaving the KKK. I don't need them anymore. And um, yeah, so that's how he did it. So, you know, Daryl, this man, Daryl Davis has single handedly, um, you know, convinced over 200 men to do that um, through friendship. So to me, that's a great example of the idea that you don't necessarily have to um, or that aggressively, um, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to use, um, but uh, attacking someone, you know, attacking someone over a racist comment or the racist thing is maybe not the best way to be anti-racist based on based on on that story on that evidence right um there's also a book that is just uh that came out i think towards the end of last year but is obviously super pertinent now um called how to be an anti-racist it was written by a gentleman ibram x kendi um who uh is actually uh it was recently announced is going to work um with boston university to establish um, uh, an anti-racism program there um, to research uh, anti-racism. But uh, I haven't read the book, so I can't uh, endorse it from that perspective. But I'm definitely intrigued and looking at picking up a copy of it for myself because um, my hope is that it can be instructive and can help me um, be be a better anti-racist. It's not, I don't think it's good enough anymore to just not be racist. I think it is incumbent on all of us, especially people who look like me, to be anti racist, to be actively against racism. Um, that's what I think it means. And, and I think, I think it's important because if we, if we work together to be actively anti racist, we can. Never completely, never perfectly, because humans are imperfect. The world is imperfect. But I think if we work together, we can make um, make racism something that uh, is not systemic, is not widespread, is not commonplace. We can make it the exception to the rule rather than the rule, and that. I believe is something good. So I would encourage everybody to go out, do a little bit of research, educate yourselves. I think that's a super important component of this. Um, Read, listen, learn, and work towards becoming actively against racism. Work towards becoming anti-racist. I know I'm going to, and I hope you will too. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with the podcast. I just got an email notification from um, my uh, podcast um, uh, platform, I guess, um, letting me know that we've hit 2000 downloads. So that's pretty cool. Um, And uh, yeah, so I really appreciate it. Um, Please like, share, subscribe. Um, leave Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I know that helps more people find the podcast. If you want to connect with us on social media, 
Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> just got something just got a tickle in the back of my throat there. Um, if you want to connect with us on social media, uh, please do so. You can look us up at some good pod and uh, also hit us up there if you have any ideas for future episodes. And uh, that's it. That's all I've got for today. Episode 34, Anti-Racism. Anti-Racist? Anti-Racist. Let's go with that. Episode 34, Anti-Racist. In the books. Go out. Make a difference. Because that's always something good. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.